Jean Gallagher with Discover Rising Tides. And I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did. Cherie Walston is an amazing mentor and, and teacher, and she leads by example. Have you ever felt guilty about saying no? Well, then you need to listen to this show because Cherie talks about setting boundaries and, and say no without guilt. And saying no is not a bad thing. It creates time and space for you. So listen to the show, give us feedback and reach out to Sheree. Her contact information will be in the show too. Thanks for listening. Hi, Denise. Hi, Jean. So uh, this month's topic is fitness over 50. And so what are we talking about in this segment? Today, we are going to talk about flexibility and mobility. Um, so often as, especially as women, um, we really focus on cardio. We love cardio. We love to walk. We love to jog. We like to bike. Uh, we like to go to the, get on our elliptical. And I tell you, I am totally guilty. I've got my treadmill. I've got my elliptical. I've got my bike all in my exercise room. And if you think about it, those are the things that I really want to do. Well, walking is great. You know, running is great uh, for cardio again. Um, and some of it does help with mobility doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily help with flexibility because when we are doing these repetitive um exercises we're actually shortening our uh muscles and our tendons mm -hmm. and so you ever you know after a workout you don't you, you have to you're supposed to stretch after a workout right because your muscles are going okay i'm, I'm just run for three miles and like they're going oh my god what are you doing to me and they're shrinking so by strength, stretching them, stretching them, we are getting our flexibility back because at this stage in life, you know, I'm not as flexible as I was when I was 18. I used to be able to dance and kick my head over my, my, my head over my leg, my leg over my head. Your feet over your head. Split. I tried that. Woo. Guys, I can't even get it as high as my desk. Um, the challenge with, with the flexibility, if we're not flexible, um, or as we lose flexibility, you know, we're not, we can't stand um, as straight as we used to, um, you know, bending becomes a challenge. You know, we've talked about this before, like bending to tie your shoe or even put your shoe on. I'm going to throw my mom under the bus for a second. Um, I spent uh, 10 days with my mom and see, she's 82. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut her some slack. Um, and she can't put her shoes on. You know, she has to sit down, but she can't bend over. So she has this huge shoehorn that's about this long. Oh, yeah. And that's the only way she can get her shoes on. Now, I give her a lot of credit because she's still doing it. She, you know, she's doing really great, um, especially, you know, at 82, a lot of people are starting to um, find themselves where they can't, they're not functioning and they they're just can't do the daily function. So by remaining flexible now or working on that flexibility and that stability, because they're, 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 they come hand in hand, um, you will be able to continue the things that you want to do, you know, the next year, the next five years, the next 30 years. Um, and mobility, um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, um, I've seen a few times now on Instagram, is there's a guy who's who's standing and he gets down on the floor and he stands back up. And I thought about that. What's the last time I got down on the floor and stood back up without leaning on 
a table or a chair or, and I thought, can I do that? And I struggled. And so that mobility piece, like, you know, the, the, the commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. We don't mm -hmm. want to find ourselves in that situation. So by doing these exercises and, and I can provide you with a, with a link to a different, uh, a bunch of different flexibility and mobility exercises by doing them now, incorporating them into our daily routine, whether it's five minutes of stretching. One thing that I do, the first thing I wake up in the morning, I have a towel um, that's rolled up and I, mm -hmm. uh, it basically, it, I put my foot up against it and I, stretch my hamstrings well not only my so I mean I can literally feel it from my ankle all the way to my bum it's an incredible stretch we don't do that and I do that when as soon as I get up because this makes my morning a lot more um I'm a lot more energized because I'm, I'm moving. I'm not going, oh gosh, my aching back or my leg or everything's so tight. And that's one of the co biggest complaints that we have as we get older. You know, we're sore all the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can't, you know, the hip, that my hip doesn't do this or I can't move my knee that way. 90% of the time, it's because we are not stretching and we're not doing mobility exercises. And these are some of the things that we can do to avoid ending up in assisted living facilities. And from what I understand, people are going to them later and later, mm -hmm. but I don't know about you. I'm going to try to avoid that at all costs. And, and so being really able to move, to understand. being able to move is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's something we take for granted because it's something that we do. But as we, as you pass the 50 and you move up to the other decades after that, you realize you don't want to turn around and go, well, if I had just. So true. It's true. And, you know, as we get older, we don't, we're not in those situations where, you know, we're playing sports or we're on a dance team, uh, like I was when I was, you know, all through college. So at the, you know, before practice, we we had our, you know, our warm-up routine, we did we practice, we did whatever, you know, whatever the dance routine was, or if I was fencing, we practiced. And then at the end, we stretched and cooled down. We don't do that very much as adults. I see it all the time when I do go to the gym. People finish a run, they go do their weights, and then they're walking out the door. Or they they'll come in to the gym and they're gonna they're gonna jump on the treadmill or get on the elliptical. And the first thing they do is they grab their leg and pull, yank it, and pull it behind them. And I think, oh my goodness, you know, they're not even warmed up yet. Their poor muscles are, you know, yes, yeah, they're tight, but you also have to make sure that they are warmed up before we are doing some of these stretching exercises. So I do want to make sure to mention that because that is an important part of stretching and flexibility. Yeah, and it, it really, it covers, we've, we've talked a lot about a lot during these segments. We've talked about weight loss and bone density and metabolism and exercise and movement and the importance of muscle mass. And I think that the ability to move and stretch really rounds that out. So thank you very much for bringing that up and the and as a great reminder to do that. Thank you. Hello everyone, this is Jean Gallagher, Discover Rising Tides. And I want to just take a moment to talk about my friend, Denise Tagal. I am honored to call her as a friend and I'm so grateful that she 
she gives us her insight during our shows each each show and talks about healthy living, eating real food. You hear Denise say, eat real food a lot. Well, she means it and she knows what she's talking about. She is an amazing healthy living coach, curator at Living Healthy List. And if you ever have any questions about what is what is real food? Why does it matter? How does that apply to me? How do I change? What do I need to do? How do I even create a healthy living shopping list? Make sure that you call her. She is your healthy living coach. And you can find her at healthylivinglist.com. Hello, and welcome back. And I'm excited to introduce our guest, Sherry Walson. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Jane? I'm great. I'm so excited to have you here. And before we get started, let me just give a quick rundown on your background, and then we'll dive right in. And so Sherry is a seasoned human resources development professional with a rich 19-year history of catalyzing success across various roles, including training manager, corporate trainer, and leadership coach. In 2018, Sherry pivoted from her corporate path to launch her, in capital letters, Exit Solutions, a coaching enterprise dedicated to empowering high-achieving women leaders and entrepreneurs to assertively say no without guilt. We need to talk about that part for sure. And paving the way for a true work-life harmony and greater achievements. And Sherry's infectious enthusiasm for life is matched by her talents as an inspirational speaker and a work and life mentor. She's also acclaimed author of Her Exit Strategy, The Working Women's Freedom Plan to Live Your Big Vision. When not mentoring or speaking, Sherry indulges her passion for golf, unwinds with smooth jazz, and quenches her thirst for adventure through travel. So, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jean. Oh, I'm so happy. And there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so, so give us a, let's talk a little bit about your background, because I, I always like to talk about the transition from corporate to the real world. I did it too. <laughs> and as I like to say, the real world. And and uh, tell us a lot about that and what really drove you to that to get you where you are today. Sure. I would see myself lots of times as a guiding light. Mm. How I envision myself showing up in the world. You know, when you do some of these assessments sometimes, you know, about your personality, you know, what, what you're good at. And guiding light always seems to show up. And people always say, you always just seem to be so happy and, and your smile all the time. And I believe it was a divine intervention in my life where I am today. I've always had a passion for personal development and I was always hungry to grow and to learn and then to figure out what is it that I really wanted to do in the world. I knew I wanted to show up you know, doing something impactful and, and, and great. And I always had this passion for, for helping women. So, I, but I got, I got into my um, career because I love helping people grow and develop. Hmm. And I love helping people shift and reaching their goals. And so I decided to pursue a career in human resources development and training. And that's where it all began. Um, being a trainer and also volunteering. And I found myself volunteering when I lost my job, just new in my career. And the company went through a transition. And 
I questioned like, God, I thought I was on the right path. I thought this was my purpose. Um, but what I realized there was an extension of who I was and I needed to discover that. And mm-hmm. I began volunteering in, in that transitional period at a women's resource center. And I found myself helping other women who were going through their own transition. And I became mm-hmm. a peer counselor while I was still working. Um, I was volunteer, still looking for a job. I was volunteering um, for this uh, women's resource center. And that's where I discovered the power of coaching. Mm. Didn't realize I was really doing that even as a trainer, but it really came alive for me. And that's how I got into um, coaching and got my certification. And the doors just opened up for me. And I just had this passion for helping women overcome their perceived limitations. Mm. Because what I was dealing with in my own personal life was I was starting to lose some of my vision Mm -hmm. and I kept that quiet. So I understood what it felt like to have this big vision about a big vision for your life, but yet you're in this transitional period. You're trying to figure things out. You're trying to overcome your own limit, your own perceived limitations. Mm -hmm. And so here I am um, today, I worked in corporate training, corporate training, leadership training. And then when I transitioned out of the corporate arena, I decided that I wanted to do this full time. And I wanted to be a work and a life mentor for high achieving women leaders and entrepreneurs, helping them to say no without guilt. So they they can accomplish more and really try, really find true work-life harmony. Mm, I love that. And that's amazing. And so a couple of things before we go on, I want to just touch on, I love what you said about perceived limitations. How true is that? Oh my gosh. I think we all we, do it. We all do it. We really do. We all have these perceived limitations about things that we think we can't do mm-hmm. or things that we will not be able to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an interesting thing when, if you're emotionally, when you have been laid off, let go, whatever the term you want to use, no longer employed unexpectedly, emotionally, that, that really does set us back. And I think what really separates you from so many people is that you had the the drive, or you already used the word hungry, you had that drive to do something rather than just sit around and wait for the new job to come around. And you really applied yourself. And I wonder if you got more out of your volunteering for yourself, right? Then I mean, I know you gave a lot to the people, but you must have really gathered so much for yourself, self-confidence and just learning from others, right? Oh my goodness, Jean. It was like, it's so interesting because in that transitional period of dealing with the layoff, dealing with the the visual impairment, and quite frankly, dealing uh, with the unhealthy marriage. So I had like triple Mm. winning. Wow. And, but I, I noticed when I went to volunteer at this Women's Resource Center, I lost myself 
mm-hmm. in in my own worries and and things that I was dealing with, I was so focused on the women and listening to their stories mm-hmm. and wanting to help. And it felt so good. I would leave um, leave this place and I come home and I felt so fulfilled and excited mm-hmm. about going the next day. I forgot about my own problems. No, woe is me. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I love it. And I said to myself, gosh, this is this is really what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And so it really took me out of my own pain, focusing on how can I be of service? How can I help others move beyond their perceived limitations? And that's a... Oh, sorry. No, that's just such an important message is because quite often we can be wallowing in our situation and valid as it is, whether it could be a health situation or a a job situation or in valid that that you feel that way. So I don't want to I don't want to say that how you feel is not important and invalid because it is true, but you're lifting yourself up by helping others. Yes. I think that's, I I think that was an eye opener for me. It was an aha moment. Mm. And I was already experiencing that in, in the corporate arena as well. I felt so passionate about what I was doing when I would watch, um, I would say a leader who I was teaching them. um, I think it was called train the trainer skills. Mm-hmm. I was doing train the trainer um, back then. And I can remember having this leader who's so afraid and in their shell, like, I can't do this. I, I won't be able to train, you know, my, my um, employees. And I, I watch how empathetic I was. I noticed how empathetic I was and listening and empowering her and mm. showing her what was possible and coaching her and mentoring her. And it was, and then to see how she flourished. Mm. That was just, I mean, I was so excited about that. Just watching her grow and develop. And I love what I did. It was, it wasn't work. So Jean, I really felt like that's what I was called to do. I felt it in my body. And just when I showed up, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I love that you found it when you least expected it. Yes. That's really important. That's when you know it's true and it's not something that you've envisioned or made up. It is truly mm-hmm. in your soul. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I so think- as, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I realized even in my um, own pain, dealing with um, the visual uh, visual impairment that mm-hmm. I looked at it, Jean, as a gift. How, how so? Can I, how can I use this? Okay, there's there has to be something good to come from this. Mm. So what can I do with it? And again, that is to show others how to um, overcome your obstacles and your challenges. How hard was it for you to come to that understanding? My faith helped me. Mm-hmm. So I 
for me, you know, personal development, you know, reading a lot. I read a lot of personal development books and I could see myself in some of those stories. And I realized this was something that I needed to do for myself. Mm-hmm. And I challenged myself. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not going to let this hold me back and, and take over my life. I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to show others what's possible. Was I scared? Heck yeah. But I would say I learned how to walk courageously. I had fear, but um, I stepped out in courage. And that becomes that um, wanting for wanting. You use the word service. And for me, that word service is really very important because it, it demonstrates that you're there for someone else versus there for your own benefit. Yes. Perfectly said. And I think that's where, for me, that's where the reward came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so as you've transitioned into your, your new, the extension of yourself or your new self, and you talk about permission for uh, saying no without guilt, how did, how did that come about as a realization? or a practice? You know, that was a hard lesson. And I had to learn that I I watched myself, you know, when I was growing up and wanted to be a people pleaser, wanted to be liked. So I had, you know, I would always say yes to doing things that "Mm, I really don't want to, I don't want to do. And that's just to be liked to be Mm. accepted. And so I realized that when I was doing those things, that it really wasn't serving who I was and and what I was here to do. Mm. And as I began to really grow in in my career and having my business on the side, my coaching business, Sometimes I would take on projects or people ask me to do something and come and speak. I said, oh, yes, that sounds wonderful. But then I realized it was really taking me further away from what I was really here to do, what what my goals were. But I was afraid to say no. What if I say no? Will they like Mm -hmm. me? Will they accept me? And I had to learn how to be more in alignment with Cherie and what Cherie's vision and her goals were. And to be okay, I'm saying no so that I can say yes to my time, my energy, and yes to the things that I that really matter to me. And so when I began to practice that saying no and not feeling bad about it and not really having to, to over-explain, it, mm-hmm. but maybe be transparent, this is why I'm, um, I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, I have a, a lot either on my plate or it's not in alignment with, with my goals at this time. So it became easier to, to say no. And now I don't feel bad. No, I won't be able to do it. And I'm okay with it. This is hard. Very. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This I is have really to hard. say no to my mother. Let me tell you. <laughs> my mother... She likes to 
I don't want to call her a hoarder, but she loves nice things. And sometimes she she wants to pack things in my garage. Okay? <laughs> so that was really hard to tell my mother no more. And I had to set boundaries. And it didn't go over well. Um, but I stuck to my guns. And I felt like if I can stand up to my mother, who You're I all set. respect, <laughs> I you are all set. <laughs> Yeah. Part, of, part of that that ability to say no, I does it come from you? You said knowing what you're here to do. So as you're working with um, with executives and highly achieving women, do you do do they do you find that there there's a a disconnect between knowing what you're really here for and the ability to, and, and the reason that you're saying yes so much, is there, is there a disconnect or is that a, a, it has to be a learned trait. Yes. It is. You know, Jane, I think for me, it was really understanding your personal vision. Mm. What do you want? That was really Key. That was the aha moment for me when I had a per personal vision for my life and I aligned that personal vision with the career, the job choices. And I realized being in alignment, aligning my career choices um, along with my personal vision, it made it easier. Mm. I, I became very clear why I'm here. And even when sometimes, you know, in corporate America, it could get crazy. And, and some days I'm like, oh my God, why am I here? But I go back to my personal vision. This is what um, I was here to do. This is why, um, this is the kind of impact that I want to make. Mm. So when I'm very clear about that, then I can align everything that I did in my uh, workspace. Mm -hmm. with my I love life. the fact that you're having these conversations because there's there is a separate there's a definite delineation between your corporate life and your personal life, right? And mm -hmm. so and never the twain will meet. And what you're saying is that your personal vision actually or you're teaching people that their personal vision encroaches to their corporate life in order to empower them. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. We should all sit with that for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, and, and so let's talk about boundaries. I don't understand them. <laughs> okay. So this is my one-on-one -on -one coaching session. <laughs> Forget the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't understand. I, I, boundaries are very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. find that that's normal for people that, that, that it's, I don't know where they are. They're very normal. And I think it's because there's so many, so many reasons, you know, common reasons why I think boundaries are, are, are difficult, difficult for people. And they feel guilty, you know, about, you know, maybe not setting boundaries or they don't know how. And I think most, some of the, one of the things is fear of disappointing mm. others. 
that's I think that's a, a a big one. Disappointing others. Oh, you know, I don't want to dis disappoint them. I don't want to make them feel bad. And um, another would be perfectionism as well. Mm. I think when we say say no to something, we feel like that we are failures. We're failing in in some kind of way. Uh, we're not we're not holding ourselves to our own high standards, if you will. Another, I think, boundaries to, I think, social accept, um, expectations, and especially for women, you know, we're known to be nurturers and, and, and care, caregivers, and so we're expected to do all these things, hold all these balls in the air, be superwoman, so to speak. And so we don't, we, maybe we saw our mothers doing that, mm-hmm. you know, family member or something like that, you know, holding all the balls in the air. So I think there, there's lots of different things. And even in the corporate space, the workspace where if we say no, how would that look? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What will people say? What will people think if I say no? Especially as a female. Yeah, especially as a female. Oh, she's being difficult. Mm -hmm. Now she becomes labeled. She's she's uncooperative, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. And a male in that similar situation saying no would say, well, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think there are so many different um, factors. And even our our self-worth sometimes um, and our values are tied into to always being there for other people, doing things for other people and really not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that self-care piece is really very important. And mm-hmm. so I say that I'm not good with boundaries. However, this year, I well, the end of last year, so it's not a New Year's resolution because I'm not a fan. <laughs> By February, the New Year's resolutions are out the door and we just need to just make some guidelines. And so yes. the end of last year, I made a decision that my workday wouldn't start until 10 a.m. Because, and that, so now I'm learning that I set a boundary, right? And because I have specific things that are going to happen personally prior to 10 a.m. And no matter what, that has to be the, there's, there's always an exception, but that has to be the rule. And then if it doesn't happen, it is an exception. Yes. And it felt, it felt good. I, when I first decided it, I'm like, well, you know, but if something comes up, I'll, I'll just do the thing, the work thing. But once I started, started, uh, enforcing Enforcing is a rough word, a f- powerful word, but but I started invoice, uh, enforcing this calendar and this schedule and this time, I feel like I should have done it a long time ago. Mm. That's interesting. What you just mm-hmm. said, I should have done it a long time ago. Instead of maybe celebrating, you did it, Jean. Now there, there you are. <laughs> yes, that you. good point. Good point. You did it. Let me rephrase that. I'm glad I made the decision and I put it into place. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Say it with empowerment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I I, I celebrate you with that because that can be hard. Mm -hmm. 
And I think I think that's a challenge for a lot of um, high achieving um, women that we aren't setting those type of, of boundaries, our, our work schedule. So, so now you find yourself, you're staying late on the job or you're coming in early and are you taking um, calls after hours, you know, emails, you're still working. You haven't set those boundaries. And so now you're burned out, you're worn out and you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And there's a level of guilt in there. There's that level of guilt because you know, you should be just doing something on the personal side of your life. But then when you do something on the personal side of your life, there's that guilt of what, what you perceive is your responsibility on the business side. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. interesting that we're talking about that because I, I read um, something, one of a, um, someone, one of my um, LinkedIn connections talked about um, being um, a very successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And her son said to her, um, and she works from home. Her son said, mom, um, I never see you. And she thought, really? I, well, I work from home. She said, I'm here. He said, your, your laptop is always open and you're mm. always on the phone. Oh, wow. Wow. And that was an eye opener for her. Mm -hmm. And so she made a huge shift. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so as you're talking with, uh, with women in your coaching sessions, what are some of the common themes that, that um, they're over trying or learning how to overcome? Saying no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's a huge one. What I, what I see common is not really taking care of their own needs, mm -hmm. following up on their own goals and their visions. Mm -hmm. Everybody is calling them to do this and, and, and to do that. And they just, for some reason, I think what it is, and what, and what I'm learning is as women, we love to help and support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that could be a curse and a blessing too. And so this particular, you know, um, client that I'm, I'm working with, everybody is, is pulling on her and she feels the need to help. And she said, well, I just, I love helping uh, everybody. But what's happening is everybody knows that she loves and she's going to do it. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know how to say no, but we've been working on that. And she's like, you'd be so proud of me. I said no to mm -hmm. about certain things. She said, I understand um, now the power of that. And now she's having more time and energy to put into her business more. And mm. also do some more fun things. But before she was doing everything for family members, doing their financial um, things for them, all these different things that, that people could be doing for themselves. But because you say yes, and you're the only, and you seem to be the only one who will do it, people just keep coming to you. You know, something that you've said through this conversation is kind of like an aha moment for me. And so I want to thank you first, but that you've, you've used the term, you know, the words personal vision a few times, and I never connected until now the 
how your personal vision is, is, um, should be connected to your ability to say no without guilt, which also leads towards self-care Yes. and how connected in this circle, these three things are for people. And I think that this is a really, well, for me, it's a really great takeaway. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. I think that really, that really, it has helped me make some healthy choices Mm -hmm. around what I do. It has helped me to do more of the things that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. It has helped with my emotional and mental wellness. Mm. And that's really important for me. So how do you take care of yourself as you to show up for show up as your, your genuine self helping others? How does Sheree take care of herself? Well, I teach um, this when I was doing a self-care intensive challenge for high achieving women. Finding your peace spot. Mm. I created a peace spot, and especially right after the pandemic, when we were on lockdown, I thought, oh my God, you know, I'm not going to be in the house all day. So I did, I redid my, uh, my patio and I created my peace spot. And in that peace spot is where I go and where I just sit, I get quiet I feel the wind on my skin. I feel gratitude. I take my journal there. I may pray or sometimes I just be still, meditate or do deep breathing. And I think it's important that we find these little peace spots wherever we can. You can create that in your home somewhere, a sacred spot where that you can rejuvenate, where you can restore and where you can take care of your your emotional and your mental wellness. So a lot of those things that I um, create, and when when it's winter time, I create that by my fire, fire, um, my fireplace um, mm-hmm. in my living room. My sh- peace spot shifts <laughs> <laughs> to the indoors. So, so those are the things that I do, and I think what's really important for me is is finding activities that I love. I love to play golf. Oh my goodness. That is probably the most amazing thing that I could do for myself. I know it probably sounds crazy because I used to think, who would want to hit a little uh, ball in a hole that's stupid? And when I learned (laughs) how to play, I thought, oh, my God, I get it. What does it do for you? It's, you know, interesting. Thank you for asking. That's another way how to learn how to overcome your challenges. Because when you're out there on that golf course, you're trying to navigate that that ball straight down the fairway. And it helps me also realize how beautiful life is when I look out there on the golf course on a beautiful sunny day. Mm-hmm. And I just love the challenge. I love the challenge of it. Yeah. And so obviously the outdoors, you're playing golf outdoors and that the outdoors and your peace spot when the weather cooperates is outside. Do you find as you're talking with other women through your coaching process that they are, there's a need for them to 
to be outdoors in some manner that they might not be taking advantage of? Yes, like walking. I love I love to be in nature. I love beautiful parks. Hmm. Oh my goodness, just the uh, the botanical parks. Mm. That used to be, especially when I was in um, corporate America, I would take my lunch breaks. I would drive to a um, botanical park and I would sit there. I would have my lunch there and just be in awe of nature. And mm-hmm. I, that really also helped me with my um, my well-being mm-hmm. and my emotional uh, stability. So I think outdoors is so key. I am an outdoor person. Even if I'm just sitting outdoors, mm-hmm. it is, it's a blessing for me. So I think it is important mm-hmm. to be outdoors. Yeah. And there's different levels of, we talk about this a lot, but there's so many different levels of being outdoors. And I think one, one part that you brought up that doesn't happen as often as we would think is the just being. Yeah. be especially because we're so driven by our electronics and this is probably just me confessing something um <laughs> but i know there's other people that feel this way it's it's almost very difficult to sit still outside and not be attached to your phone in some way that just true. be that that can be a challenge. I know sometimes I will take my phone um, outdoors with me, but mm-hmm. uh, I will put it on what's silent or mute. Mm-hmm. So when I know there's a there's certain time, if I want to spend an hour of maybe doing nothing or I may um, read, I won't answer my phone. And most mm-hmm. of the times I will let, especially my mother, because she's 87 years old. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I may let her know, mom, this is my time that I'm going to be doing. So I will not be available. Mm-hmm. And so here's this personal vision and the permission to say no without guilt is, is here in this moment where you've decided that you're going to sit outside and read your book or be quiet. And if somebody calls you, you're saying no to the phone call without guilt because it fits within your personal vision and your need for self-care at the time. See, this is, I'm so glad we talked. This is amazing. Yeah, it is. Cause you know, here's, I can recall (laughs) my mom, um, she's retired now. My mom um, was an entrepreneur for about Mm -hmm. 40 years. So I watched my mom growing up, not really taking breaks, just a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Didn't, I don't recall her even going on vacation or doing something nice for herself or going to the spa. That just wasn't her. She was passionate about her work, what she loved. And so she poured herself into that. So sometimes I can remember um, she would frown on me. What you taking vacation? You guys, you guys always going somewhere. It was always kind of like a little dig, if you will, about something, if I'm relaxing. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, I don't want to live my life where I'm always working and I'm not taking care of myself. Mm. And sometimes we would go on vacation. Um, we visit my brother and she's just pilling around, have to find something to do. And then she'll say, then I would leave the room or something and go away out on the screened in porch. And I'll sit there in quiet contemplation 
and everybody thought something was wrong with me. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. But that's the way that I took care of myself. Mm -hmm. I, I would steal away for a while and I would just sit in gratitude or sometimes I sit out there and dream, uh, dream, have a glass of wine, but it was a sacred space for me. And mm. they had to learn that about me instead of thinking something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I think we all need that. Quiet. Quiet. Mm. Shri, this has been a pleasure. It's been such a, I've learned so much and it's been such a wonderful conversation. I want to thank you immensely for being here with us today. Oh, it's been fun. The time went by so fast. I know. That's oh my gosh. <laughs> I had a great time. Thank you. And so where can people find you and where can they find you? Um, what are your typical, I know we've talked about high achieving women, but yes. what are your typical, your typical client base and what are some triggers that, that they might be thinking that says, oh, I really should be talking with Shri. Sure. Some of the, the triggers are when you find yourself over overwhelmed or you feel burnt out, or you just feel like this emptiness that you're not really living to your full potential mm -hmm. um, and maybe what is my vision for what I want right now in this mm. season of my life? You know, I, it has to be more than this. Mm. And they have this deep desire and yearning for something. Mm -hmm. So I have this, this free guide is called mastering the art of saying no without guilt. And it's for higher achieving women leaders. So that's a free guide that they can get from my website, sheriewalston.com, mm -hmm. all together, sheriewalston.com. And they can Wonderful. get the free guide. Yes. And they can find me on LinkedIn as well. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Sheree Walston. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Jean. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by my Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time. With 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.